Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. I am with T. Frank Carr. T. Frank, coming off a of bye week, are you ready to jump back into the action? Yes. Uh, it, I, I have two modes. Do absolutely nothing and do everything all the time all at once. So um, it's a little bit of a violent transition between the two, but I, I'm, I'm adjusting. We're back in the swing of things. Okay, well, we'll try to make that a tr- smooth transition for you. But first, a reminder that our friends over at New Trail Brewing Company, they brew their beer right here in central Pennsylvania and deliver it fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. Your biggest dilemma is which of their many options to select. That's why I have a solution for you. I recommend their Hoppy Variety Pack. That's New Trail's Hoppy Pack. It's an absolute crowd pleaser packed with four different hoppy beers for everybody to be happy at your tailgate party, your campfire, or wherever you meet up with your buddies and drink some beer. So again, check out your favorite retailers and find your favorite from New Trail Brewing Company. All right, T. Frank. Bye week is over, as I mentioned. It's now Michigan week. It's time for, to prepare for the Wolverines. But before we get to your scouting report on Michigan, let's go through some of the issues and questions that have come up through this first five games of the season. Nittany Lions, they're 5-0, and mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they are completely without issues. Let's start where we typically start, and that's with the quarterback and Sean Clifford. Recently, I've been reading a lot about people referencing the issues on the deep passes. I think he's 3 for 17, something like that, on deep passes. And I'm hearing that's the part of the game. It's his accuracy. But I tell you what, from my perspective, I'm not sure I've noticed so much that, oh, there's guys getting open deep and he's just missing them. He's not accurate enough. I'm not sure if the issue is... When he does go deep, it seems like a bad decision that the players are double teamed. Maybe it's the receivers aren't getting open. What's your take on that? Um, obviously, it's all. I'm sorry, I'm trying to do a James Franklin impression. It's all of it <laughs> because it, the, it's not one facet. When you're three of seventeen at something, if it were just Sean Clifford. Um, we would have a, a much more pointed conversation. And I think maybe the coaching staff might have a much more pointed conversation about guys being wide open, missing obvious touchdowns. So it, it's it's a subtle problem with a lot of layers. I've been saying since week one that the receivers need to do a better job getting open against press man coverage. They have not been doing that against secondaries that I, I believe they should be able to do that against, including against Central Michigan. Uh, There are times that Sean Clifford does not see open receivers, and there are times that there are receivers that are open, the window's a little bit tight, and he is not accurate enough to hit them with the football, and then there are times that he's just straight up not accurate enough to hit with the football. So it is a multi-layered problem that does not have one easy fix. Um, I think people 
see the Jahan Dotson uh, lack of lack of a player like that, and and yeah, that'd be the easy fix. And it's not coming from the third receiver. If it was coming from the third receiver, it would already be here. They would they wouldn't be the third receiver. They'd be one of the important receivers on the team. So um, whether it's Trey Wallace or if Keandre Lambert Smith is healthy at some point in the near future. Um, Malik Mega, any of these players, I know Amari Evans, that's a, that's none of these are going to be magical solutions. The solution is going to be, I think, a little bit of everything. Sean Clifford playing a little bit better, scheming up some open throws, which they're they can do. Uh, you know, I think Mike Yersich is a good play designer and they're going to get people open. And then it's on the receivers that are on the football field to do a better job of beating one on one coverage and. If I'm a receiver, I I would be offended that everyone wants to play man coverage against me. I would be straight up PO'd that everyone thinks that they can run cover zero because that is an that's an insult to your athleticism. They they don't think you can win one on one. So taking all of that personally and and performing all of that is going to lead to a better result for Penn State. And also, there's a bit of recency bias in this where. Sean Clifford was playing in a giant rainstorm. He didn't play well uh, the week before. And then the week before that, uh, trying to think back, it was the Auburn game. You know, so th- there's been a couple of games where he didn't have to do anything. He couldn't do anything. And then he didn't do anything. So um, there's another good game in store at some point because Sean Clifford is wildly inconsistent in his inconsistency. You're going to get a good game from Clifford at some point, but I couldn't tell you when that's going to be. In watching Clifford, uh, T. Frank, uh, and paying attention to the things that you've been teaching me, it seems like there are times when he has feels any kind of pressure in the pocket. He gets the happy feet. He throws yeah. off his back foot. Are there things that Mike Yersich could do in his game planning, in his play calling, that could alleviate some of those weaknesses that Sean Clifford seems to have? You can only do so much, Jim, because if you start doing too much of one thing, then you're going to play into the hands of the defense. They have been trying to do things, play action rollouts, rolling the pocket, uh, RPOs, quick passes, things like that. At a certain point, you have to be able to drop back in a pocket on third and five. Everyone knows you're going to throw the football or hell on first and 10, be able to drop back in the pocket and throw the ball intermediate to deep. Like, you have to be able to do that. You have to threaten the defense at every level of the field. So I do believe they're doing some of those things. And, and part of part of what they're doing is tied to the run game and having more balance there. The balance creates indecision on play action. And that is the, the biggest help that they could have. Now, against Northwestern, it didn't work as well because, A, they were ready for it, and, B, uh, you know, no, no one really was believing. Like, after 58 runs you're you're kind of in a certain mindset that it's either going to be a run or a play action. Like, you're not really concerned about a lot of things. I think they did a good job, I guess is what I'm saying, Northwestern did, of anticipating what Penn State would want to do in that situation. So, better weather, a week off, wrinkles in the game plan that I'm sure that both the offense and defense have done some self-scouting to find out. This upcoming week against Michigan, we might see a better holistic game plan from top to bottom. Uh, to help out with some of those areas that Penn State has been struggling with in the deep passing game. One thing I've been harping on the last couple of weeks is you mentioned they ran the ball over 50 times, and Sean Clifford only ran, I think, two or three times in that Northwestern mm-hmm. game. 
I feel like he needs to be a threat to run the ball to help the yeah. running backs. Uh, do you think it's a case where they're just trying to protect him through this portion of the season and against a Michigan or a Minnesota or an Ohio State, we're going to see more of him running? I don't like to speculate on that because that gets into some deep, murky water. <laughs> and it, it's it really, I don't know that it, um, I'd be talking about my, my rear end if I were to say, do I think that they're trying to protect Sean Clifford? If you're trying to protect Sean Clifford, don't call a read option. Like if you're calling a play, you're calling a play. Um, so there's, as I've we've talked about this before, I think there's a certain temptation that if you've got Nick Singleton, he should get the ball if you're not sure. But there are times where you're obviously wrong and not keeping the ball when you should. So th- there's there's elements of both in the situation. Yeah. So I I do I think he's going to keep the ball more here? Maybe. Uh, I, you I think just, he I, should. <laughs> yes. Yes, he should. Yes, he should. When he should, he should do what he's supposed to do on every play. He should not get, um, do the wrong thing intentionally on a certain play for reasons that are outside the scope of the tactical advantages built in. So don't worry about getting hurt because if, if you're worrying about playing and getting hurt in football, don't play football. You know, like that, that's that's kind of the deal you sign up for. At least that's what I've always been told. So, yeah, he should keep the ball more if the situation presents itself. But it shouldn't be 10 carries in a game. Earlier this week, we had Coach Caduti on talking about Penn State's running game. And they've shifted a little bit a better balance between zone reads and gap schemes. What do you think that's about? Is it because of the running backs they have? Is it a difference with the offensive line? Why Why do you think that's happening? So part of this is, I, I, I said this earlier this week on my show, that I swear every single coach in America gets together and goes, okay, everybody, what are the 10 things we're doing this offseason to change? And we're all going to do it together. So everyone's running... Uh, Everyone's running new formations, but they're all the same formations. Everyone's running new schemes, but they're all the same schemes. So I guess everyone just passes around the tape and uh, picks out their 10 favorite things, and then we all do that. Um, so <laughs> that that's my rant about that. But when it comes to the running game, um, I think it's partially about the players involved and the running backs being comfortable in certain systems. But Nick Singleton has gotten better at running zone plays, which he was not comfortable with week one, didn't seem like he was adept at. That's getting better, and they're calling more of those for him. But the the interior running game, and this is really, I think, where my rant actually crystallizes into an actual point, is... Teams have figured out the spread. Teams have figured out inside zone with the read option. They have defensive formations and tactics to eliminate it and to combat the read option from making the defense completely wrong and leaving one guy to defend two players. That's gone. We've adapted to that. So the next evolution is to do more, is to not be so scheme-specific, not so in a box when it comes to running plays out of the system and you've seen spread teams evolve now they're using man and gap blocking schemes from under center which help the offensive line in those situations and it allows you to be more multiple and less predictable so I think it boils down to that more than anything and that helps the offensive line if you're not predictable and and teams can't anticipate where you're trying to run the football your offensive line has a chance and that's what we've seen this year 
How much better is the offensive line this year compared to last? Markedly, but not where fans obviously want it. And this is the problem I've had, is that no offensive line, in my estimation, is very good. <laughs> like, you're not going to find a, quote, good college offensive line. I, I I think that the Michigan offensive line is pretty okay. They're They're on the good side of average, where I think Penn State is slightly ab- a below that line of average, but they they crest that regularly, and that's where you get good running plays is you have five guys plus the tight ends that are working together to accurately execute the assignment, and then when you have good running backs and everyone executes, you get good running plays. You don't need maulers up front on every play dominating and slobber-knocking to get people off the ball. They are executing their assignments. They need to execute them better and they need to hold their blocks longer, but they're getting to the right spot, and they're making the right plays. And that's a huge improvement. And physically, they're more talented, which is night and day. That's going to have to be it for quarter number one. And by the way, love that faint praise. They're pretty okay. (laughs) All right, T. Frank, we're going to pick this up on the defensive side of the ball in quarter number two. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galanti. I'm with T. Frank Carr. T. Frank, before we get into our discussion about uh, Penn State's defense and the questions that arise there, another reminder for you, in a couple weeks, Michigan this week, then there's a couple big home games going on. 
If you're still looking for a way to spend the weekend in Happy Valley for those two big games, check out gopsurv.com. This is where you drive your car to Happy Valley, and they have an RV there ready and waiting for you. A chance to party all weekend. They even have the bus that'll take you to and from the game, so you don't have to worry about the hassles with parking. Fantastic way to spend the weekend. And there's just a couple RVs left for the big games. So give Mark a call at 800-519-8467 to get all the information about that. All right, T. Frank. Quarter number one, we talked about the questions after the first five games with the Penn State offense. Let's go to the other side. I think if you're a Penn State fan, overall, you've got to be pretty happy with how this defense performed so far especially after you lost so much talent off of last year's team, plus you're bringing in a new defensive coordinator. First of all, just your overall thoughts on the defense through the first five games. They've gotten better in key areas, and they've remained good at more important areas. So the, the run defense has improved. That was an area that right off the bat watching the Purdue game, I went, ooh, there, there, there's some stuff going on here. And I don't, I, I'm not sure what's going on, and I don't think some of the players know exactly what's going on. That has cleaned up, and like I said when we we talked about, is it, like that. There's so much movement up front that it was going to take me a couple weeks of watching it to really kind of digest what they're doing up there, and it's become much more clear because the players are executing with uh, better conviction. They're executing with better clarity and and uh, correctness. So. The run defense has gotten a lot better, and that's right in time for when it needs to be there. And then the the pass rush has come on incredibly strong. Chop Robinson out of the gate was a, a great pass rusher and lived up to the hype. Adisa Isaac has been getting better each week coming off that injury. I, I still have questions about his strength through contact. I, I want more from him as a pass rusher to win more blocks and not just get free unblocked pressure. Uh, and then Deny Dennis Sutton and Amin Vanover are filling in nicely with Nick Tarburton as guys that are providing spark plays. Although I will caution, you know, I know that there's the stats out there that PFF puts out that Amin Vanover and Deny Dennis Sutton have like a top 10 pass rushing grade. Just keep in mind, Amin Vanover did that against non-Power 5 opponents and Deny Dennis Sutton did most of that in garbage time. So they are performing well. They are making highlight plays, but it will be tested this week. So that is that I'm excited to see how they do because that can be a huge advantage for Penn State if those guys play well. That Penn State's defensive line has more pass rushing power than the, than the Michigan one, uh, and then the secondary has been great the whole time, and that has not changed. And they've they've kept that level of play, they've kept that level of consistency, and they've gotten their hands on the football. So it's been a very impressive transformation to watch. Let's start up front. You talked about being able to stop the run. And when you stop the run, though, it starts in the middle. Tell me about the tackles. P.J. Mustafer, Akeem Beeman, there seems to be a lot of positive plays that they're making. Are they ready, though, for a Michigan-type offensive line and running game? What did I just say in the last segment, that the Michigan-type offensive line is a regular offensive line? It's a regular college line. They're good, they're, but yes, they are. That's that. That's kind of my feeling about this game is that that this is an equal opponent. 
that it is not some road grading, massive mauling force that's going to move Akeem Beeman off the ball. Will they sometimes? Sure. Yeah, that, that can happen. But for the most part, Penn State's quickness and athleticism has been a defining feature to help them beat strong offensive linemen. Northwestern had some strong offensive linemen, and they were absolutely no match for the Nittany Lions. P.J. Mustfer is playing better than he did to start the season. Another area where we talked about this preseason of don't expect vintage P.J. Mustafer uh, uh, right away. And he's getting healthy at the right time. He had uh, his season best game against Northwestern. He's had a week off. So, again, I don't expect 2021 P.J. Mustafer because that takes an offseason of dedicated work. And he hasn't had the opportunity to do that that work. So, but getting closer to what he was and bouncing back close to that, that's every day getting uh, the opportunity for that. We've crossed the year mark since his injury. So, onwards and upwards with PJ. And Hakeem Beeman has been disruptive and athletic and obnoxious, I imagine, for blockers to try and deal with. And then the depth has been pretty good. You know, they're getting Keziah Izzard back, and Jordan Vandenberg has played very well as the third defensive tackle in the rotation. He hasn't gotten the third most snaps, but he has been the third most impactful player in terms of disruption. So they're deeper, they're better than they were last year, and if one guy goes down, albeit if it was Mustafer, it might be a problem, but they can weather that now. I'm fairly confident they can weather that storm as opposed to what they had in the you know last year. The one area we have not said anything about here on defense uh, T. Frank is the linebackers. Let's yeah. start with the guys in the middle. This is where some concern were. Um, they're young, inexperienced, that middle linebacker. How how have they held up so far? They've been good enough, and I think that that's kind of where they need to be. They don't need to be the stars. You can, uh, you can I hate to say scheme around them, but you can use their specific talents to create good opportunities for other players. They can be the selfless guys that are setting up other guys for success, and that's largely what I've seen from them. Um, some of the missed tackles are a concern. That is one area that I think Kobe King's had a couple mental errors in run defense, and Tyler Elsden has had a couple physical errors of, I am not fast enough to change direction and tackle that running back. Uh, so that that's a concern. But they've been good enough. Now, in coverage, we can have a different conversation. And this is an area where if there's one part of this whole deck of cards that I would say is a bit of a concern is you're putting those guys in man coverage and the athletes are going to get better throughout the season. You saw just uh, the the running back from Northwestern, whose name is escaping me at the moment, but you that guy got one opportunity and went for 30 yards. That's going to happen more regularly if you keep putting guys in man coverage against athletic players, especially those two. Because people talk about Kobe King as he needs to take over because he's more athletic. And I think if you use the term generally to mean athleticism as a whole picture, sure, he's a little more athletic, but neither of these guys are fast. That's been the whole thing about Abdul Carter moving to Mike Linebacker is he's fast and he's big. And that's, you know, the skill set you're looking for in Manny Diaz's defense if you're going to continually put guys in man coverage. Big and fast is a good combination. Um, I did want to ask you, in the coverage, the defensive backs have played very well. However, one of the players, and you know Daquan Hardy is one of my favorites, it seems like he's not had a good season, though. Is that me just cherry-picking a couple plays? No, that's that's been legitimate, and it's been 
disappointing because if there was one player that I thought would fit well in this defense, it'd be Daquan Hardy, who was basically a man coverage expert last season. Like, he'd come on only for third downs. He'd basically play man coverage or some version of, you know, uh, single coverage if they were blitzing. I think that the, the, the lack of an interior in the defensive structure has been a bit of a problem for him. So most of the catches he's given up have been outbreaking right routes from the slot. So everything's been going towards the sideline, even if it's one of those slot fades. They've been going towards the sideline. And because he's, he's not in a zone coverage and there's no dropper in the middle of the field, there's no other line of defense if he lets the guy get inside of him, I think he's been overplaying that, and he's been opening up the outside, and teams have been attacking him there. So playing with more confidence is the is the only difference. Like playing with more confidence, being yeah, taking away the inside, denying that, having leverage inside, but also knowing, okay, if I'm doing that, they're going to cut out. They're going they're going to be out breaking routes and breaking on those things, and using that athleticism and that burst and that makeup speed to make plays on the football because he's capable of all of those things. But so far, that's been kind of the story, is that he has been giving up those long third down passes because, in my estimation of watching him, he's he's afraid of giving up something over the middle. And I just, you know, playing, making a play, making one play, I think might change things for him, where that confidence would unlock and he'd play like the rest of the defense, which he's capable of doing. Uh, between segments, uh, T. Frank, we were talking about just overall... Uh, schemes on offense and defense and what we like and what's entertaining. And I made mention that I really like Manny Diaz's style of defense. Mm -hmm. It's fan-friendly. It's fun to watch. My question to you, though, is so far, how much effect has his style had on this defense? Is it effective? Is it working? Well, I, I think by the results you can say, yes, it's working. It forces the issue. It creates... Uh, the a lot of times defense can be reactionary, right? This is not a reactionary defense. It is as it's trying to be the offense where it dictates what's happening and the offense has to adjust. And in three of five games, they've had the quarterback throw the ball in a three, 2.3 seconds or under. And you got to understand 2.5 seconds is the average, generally average time to throw 2.55, 2.6, somewhere in there. Um, so they're making the quarterback throw the ball incredibly fast. Those .2 seconds, that's a big deal. And that has allowed the secondary to play as well as it has. So is it effective? This is always the question of, yeah, well, let's move the goalposts every week. Let's move the goalposts and let's face Michigan. Let's move the goalposts and let's face Ohio State. And that's going. those are going to be the ultimate tests. But as far as changing what the offense wants to do, they have forced the quarterback to throw the ball into bad looks repetitively this season. And that's about all you can ask for from a defense is either get a sack, get a TFL, or force the quarterback to do something he does not want to do. That's really ultimately what you're trying to do on defense is affect the quarterback in a negative way. And even when the pressure hasn't gotten there in terms of hitting the quarterback, they, they've been schematically imposing their will on a lot of players. Now, they got to, they're going to play better offense with better balance, so we'll see if that continues. In cut quarter number four, we're going to have our scouting report on Michigan, and we'll, go, we'll dive a little deeper into this style of defense against what Michigan's offense has to offer. 
But again, I'll just reiterate what I've seen so far. It's a lot of fun to watch, and it sure does look effective, as you said. But before we get to the scouting report in quarter number four, T. Frank, we've got quarter number three. We all know what that means. It's when we're going to take your questions, and we're going to ask T. Frank. Stick around for that. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's T. Frank Carr. This is quarter number three. You know what that means. It's time to ask T. Frank. This is where we take your questions for T. Frank on Penn State football, recruiting, or just on life in general. And uh, we give him the questions. He answers them. And at the end of the segment, we select the best question. And the best question will get a prize pack from our friends at New Trail Brewing. Nice. They have some great beers. No, you're not going to get beer shipped to your home, but you'll get some really nice swag from New Trail. Uh, really great stuff. I've heard from the folks who've won the prizes already, and they're all very happy with them. And if you want to send in your questions, all you got to do is download our app, Search on Keystone Sports in your app store, and you'll see it right there. Okay, T. Frank, you ready for the questions? Let's do it. Okay, let's start with Zach from Gettysburg, who says, I can't wait for Aller, but Clifford has been better than I expected. That said, 
would more of a levels concept serve him better? He gets antsy when he's off the spot but throws well on the run. I'd like to see him have more in front of him rather than read one side or the other because I don't think progression serves him well. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, who, who is this from, by the way? This is Zach from Gettysburg. I think this is our first question ever from Zach. Well, Zach, that's a, that is a great point. Uh, he does not look to the backside of the field very often, and when he does, there usually is some sort of scrambling involved. Um, I, I guess if we're talking about levels concepts in terms of half-field reads, I would be careful about that because, again, just like play action, just like any one thing, if you if you dive too deeply into one area and become too specific, y- you become predictable. I think the the... Michigan offense has a, is an element of this where they they dip pretty heavily into play action boots with some level concepts in front of the quarterback, get it out, get it clean and easy to read. And, and if your running game isn't working or if you've got a good defense that isn't over pursuing, it's easy to shut down one thing. And that's the part about being a good quarterback is you can do so many. You can do so much more. You have to be able to threaten every part of the field. You can't just play one side. And I think they do have a good number of concepts in the offense that threaten the middle of the field and that threaten the deep middle of the field. Last week, they were doing a lot of deep crossers and and that's an easy first off, for as far as deep passes go, that's a much easier pass for a quarterback to lead some guy horizontally than vertically. Uh and Clifford has struggled at vertical leads throughout his career. So yeah, I I agree, Zach. I'm just always hesitant to say it's one thing that will help Clifford and unlock all these things. It's going to take a, a village, um, but that certainly would help. You know, I, I think you're right. That certainly would help of, of adding more of that into the offense, leaning a bit heavier into that, and maybe not so much the pre-reads, you know, pre-snap reads and, and deciding where to go with the football before the snap because he tends to lock on and not really read the defense afterwards. Let's go to Josh in Morgantown. Josh says, hey, T. Frank, how much of a game plan each week is team-specific? For example, does Penn State have 20% of the game plan specific for Northwestern and 80% is the base playbook? Secondly, will they increase their Michigan-specific plays because of the bye week? Thank you, T. Frank. Huge fan of this show and BWI. Well, Josh, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Um, <laughs> also, it's, I don't I don't know. Um, you know, I, I can watch the plays that are on the field, and I can watch the concepts, but I, I have no idea what percentage of the playbook is specific to that game and what is a wrinkle that they want to introduce. So last week, here, an example of something they did versus Northwestern, they did have a lot of Northwestern-specific things. They added, I think they, they were trying to influence where the safeties were based on the defense and how that worked, um, because you could. You could kind of determine where the safeties would go with pre-snap movement and the way they rotated. Uh, but then, were they trying to break their own tendencies by running Nick Singleton to the boundary and not the field? the whole game because that that was a big chunk of the game or, or was that just to break a tendency or was that uh northwestern specific so you're always gonna at a certain point you have to revert to your game plan if you haven't scored enough points and if you scored enough points you revert to your base game plan of uh, these are the plays that we run this is what works so eventually i don't think you have 78 game specific plans 
Um, so like if you if you're asking me to put a ballpark on it, maybe twenty five percent. A good week, maybe thirty. I, I I don't know. I'm purely guessing now, but there is something each week that is game specific. Of we've seen this on film, we're attacking this part of the defense with this concept because it's either worked for a previous team or we see this as something that we do that matches up well with what they do. But eventually, you have to run plays that are from your base game plan because you don't have enough each week to practice and all that stuff. I think there was a tendency for the fans to think, okay, they're through five games. They've got a bye week, so they've got a little more time, and they're heading into the meat of their schedule. If yeah. there was ever a time to make adjustments, now would be it, right? Adjustments are different than, uh, I think, what fans are thinking of, which is like a triple pass that would go for a touchdown and, and kind of trick plays. So th- those are something they work on regularly, and they just choose when to deploy them. Here's a great one that uh, I'm looking for again, that that pitch play on a counter where they fake a toss play and then they come back on a counter. They use that two weeks in a row and then we didn't see it. So there are things that are in the playbook that they just don't use that week. And there are wrinkles that they don't use because they don't want to overuse those things. Those will come and go as they see fit. Maybe if they feel like uh, this team is, has a propensity to over pursue, they might use that. They might use more of those trick or trick look plays for, for the run game or for the pass game. Let's go to Steve in Columbia, PA, who says, T. Frank, it seems apparent to me Michigan has a great defensive line and our offensive line, while much improved, is still suspect. How do we scheme to slow them down? Because if we get an obvious passing downs, we are in big trouble. Jim and I might agree. Throw on first down. A couple quick points before you answer. Okay. You might agree with me, Steve. Come on, take a stand. Either agree <laughs> with me or not. And the second thing is, I've been mentioning, I think, you know, for uh, Sean Clifford's benefit, I think passing the ball a little bit more on first down, when I think first down's the easiest down to pass on because there's an inherent expectation to run the ball, and especially yeah. the way this team has uh shown over the last several weeks and if you want to help your quarterback out throw on first down go ahead t frank yeah and they they broke that tendency versus central michigan they went with a big run fake play action and a really good game to parker washington so the the elements of that are always going to be there and then of course it goes back to josh's question of what's the base part of the game plan um what was the original question that we're talking about here uh Uh, can you nutshell it for me how, how do we scheme to slow them down because yeah, 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 yeah. of the obvious passing downs? They're an okay defensive line. They're not as good as they were last year. They're good run defenders, and number 90, Mike Morris, is a good pass rusher. But he's not Aiden Hutchinson. And uh, they're two young guys, 32 and 18. Those are good players that are developing and getting better. I, I see a lot of similarities between Penn State and Michigan, where they've got similar strengths, similar ways of the defense and the offense are built, similar problems that they have. And and I don't know that this team is getting pressure the way that uh, they sh- they typically do. If you watch the Indiana game and you said that defensive line is a problem, is a huge problem for Indiana, who has a terrible offensive line. Penn State has a better offensive line, but uh, Caden Wallace is a problem. Like that is a, that's a, that's a matchup that Penn State is going to have to monitor and manage the entire game. 
But Penn State's offensive line overall, I think, is a better pass-blocking unit and can uh, create a clean enough pocket for Sean Clifford. And then that's the rub. Is it clean enough for Sean Clifford? A lot of the problems this year, while technically you can charge some of the players for, for pressures, they were not to the degree that it should break down the play. A quarterback who can step up, move in the pocket, manage and manipulate space in that small area will be able to get out of those and throw the ball effectively. But that is not this quarterback so far this season. So, you know, I don't put it as much on the offensive line. So, Steve, we might agree in terms of the pass rush might be a problem, but I, I don't necessarily put all of that on the offensive line. I think that the the passer needs to manage it better. And Penn State should be a decent matchup here. They'll give up some pressures, but I don't think it's going to be a jailbreak like you saw against Indiana. By the way, you mentioned Indiana's offensive line not being very good. Well, if this is any indicator midseason, they just fired their offensive line coach. So yeah. that, that probably tells you how they perform. Let's go to, let's see, uh, Tim in State College who says, when I watch Penn State and the Steelers, I feel like it's the same thing regarding the quarterback situation with Sean Clifford being Mitch Trubisky and Drew Aller being Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. What are the similarities and differences in this when comparing college and pro where you have that young quarterback, you know, uh, knocking on the door? Well, uh, first round draft pick and money is a huge thing. And then, of course, the age of the player. Kenny Pickett it, it was a sixth year senior quarterback. Right. So, I mean, he, he's in year two of the NFL on his on his maturity clock. Um, if you're talking about the individual players and like comparing these situations, I think confidence and downfield passing, you know, that's a, another part of this is uh, Kenny Pickett is uh, not afraid. Kenny Pickett, from what I've seen, is a good quarterback that will throw the ball down the field. He'll put the ball up and he's accurate. Um, when it comes to Drew Aller, we we have similar thoughts about him in terms of good in the pocket, throws the ball accurately, reads the defense well, sees the field well in a very limited sample size. And then it becomes, do you have a guy that can manage the offense and get you in and out of plays and all the other like laundry list of things that people are tuning out, as I'm saying them, in the guys that have done it before? And Mitchell Trubisky had done it before. Um, I, I think in the NFL, it's just a shorter clock because everyone's expected, you're professional. You've done this now for college, high school. You're doing it full-time. There's less time for you to learn and develop and more of, okay, you've got to now prove what you've got inside of you. And I, we'll see. I know fans want Aller to see the field. We'll see if that happens the next three games. You know, there's a whole other discussion where it's in the same in the NFL. At what point do you make that changeover? At what point does it make sense? Okay, real yeah. quick, T. Frank, we need a winner. Let's go with Zach in Gettysburg. I thought that was a great conversation. Uh, shout out to Josh in Morgantown. That was a great question as well, but I didn't have a good answer for you. So that's more of my fault that you didn't win. <laughs> so, Zach, you could credit T. Frank for your victory. Send half the package back to T. Frank. <laughs> that is it for quarter number three. Quarter number four, we're going to do our Michigan preview. Stay tuned for that.
New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at W.R. Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number four. I'm Jim Galanti. I am with T. Frank Carr. T. Frank, finally time to talk about a game again. These bye weeks, I don't like them. I don't like having a game over the weekend, okay? Speak for yourself. <laughs> I, I, for the first time all year, got to enjoy my new home. I got to work on stuff. I got to see my wife. I got to hang out with her. I got to breathe for a second. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed the bye week, but I, I, I'm not going to regret it. I am appreciative of the things in the moment and other coach speak that will uh, give you no opinion on anything. Never mind. So you're telling me all that stuff is better than watching college football? I mean, it's different. <laughs> They're des- desperately needed. Um <laughs> But anyway, the game this weekend is a very exciting one. I am very excited to watch it. <laughs> and by the way, does your wife vote listen for T to Frank. the show? <laughs> does your wife listen to the show? She so I used to be on uh, local radio, you know, on a morning show, and she was a fan. Like independent of knowing me, she listened to the show and liked it. She hasn't listened to anything I've done since we got married. So no, she does not listen to the show. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. Let's talk about Michigan. This is the scenario we've talked about it a thousand times. At least I know I have. Five and zero start, just like last year similarities all over the place 
Now you go into the meat of the schedule. Michigan, just like Iowa a year ago, ranked in the top five. You're going to play them on the road. And this is where everything fell apart a year ago, T. Frank. So tell me why this won't happen to this Penn State team this year like it did last year. Well, it might, uh, but it also might not because they have we, – we just spent excuse, two excuse or three – Excuse me. Let, me, let, me <laughs> let me stop you for a second, T. Frank. That's okay. your answer? Well, it might or it might not. <laughs> I'm just this, saying – could... And more great takes on the upcoming game coming from T. Frank. <laughs> so, okay, uh, Sean Clifford gets hurt and Drew Aller isn't good. <laughs> then, of course, we have the exact same situation. Like, we get to find out. Like, we, we mess around. We find out Drew Aller is a freshman. And then, yeah, you're in the exact same situation you were a year ago. But you've got depth. Christian Veyer came in and played well last year. You've got Drew Aller. He's playing really well so well that he earned the backup job as a true freshman and he's throwing dimes when he's on the field he looks like a player so yeah you, the likelihood of last year happening is much lower across the board because there are there are very few positions and very few players that you cannot lose and still be effective uh probably receiver if you lose tinsley or parker washington that would be a huge effect of the, on the passing game because you've already lost keandre lambert smith but then you're down two receivers, and I, I challenge you to find any program in the nation outside of Ohio State, which has about eight deep at All-American, that can weather that. You know, their best two players or two of their three best players going down at one position. So freak injuries can happen. That's, I guess, my point. Is it could happen that they could have a total systems failure if Joey Porter Jr. gets hurt and P.J. Mustafer gets hurt. And, like, Iowa was a bad game for injuries. Two very important players went down, and Penn State could not recover. Those issues have been addressed by depth, talent, and recruiting. So they're they're more likely to weather the storm this year than they are last year. Let's talk specifically about this Michigan team. Their first three out-of-conference games were just embarrassing, T. Frank. I mean, yeah. I, that was as awful a schedule as you're going to see. They were putting up 50 points a game. Let's set those aside. They Good, started didn't their watch conference them. <laughs> well, conference play, they played Maryland in a close game and then yep. be Iowa and Indiana. Uh, what, what are you seeing from this team? How are they different than their team was a year ago that was the Big yeah. Ten champion? Uh, the most notice, notable difference to me is that they are more multiple on offense. <laughs> the, my, my rant from earlier about offensive coordinators getting together and running the same crap is that they're kind of doing the same stuff that Penn State is, where last year they were all about power and they were about running the football and they were all in on that identity of old school football. They're running a spread offense this year because they've got J.J. McCarthy and they've gone all in on his skill set. They're more balanced. They're running more formations. Hell, they're running pistol and condensed man formations and getting Blake Corm to bounce to the outside so he can outrun everybody. What does that sound like? That sounds like exactly like Penn State. So they're doing so many similar things. These two teams are very similar. Right down to J.J. McCarthy is a very good uh, passer on passes under 10 yards. 52.5% of his passes have flown less than 10 yards. So when you talk about his completion percentage and how high it is, it's because he's operating the offense in, uh, I don't want to say dink and dunk, because he is good at that next window, but he's not throwing that next window a whole lot. And they're not throwing deep. They don't have a depth of receivers. They don't have a deep passing game right now that they've shown through those games. And so they're limited to 
Blake Corum and underneath passing, which again sounds a lot like Penn State. So this offense, I think, has evolved to fit JJ McCarthy. And the defensively, I think that they're still good and they're still less predictable than they were in the past. They're running um, um, a lot of different coverages. They're complex. They're aggressive in coverage when they need to be, and they can run a lot of different philosophies. They can be aggressive in blitz. I don't think they like to blitz. They don't want that to be their identity, but um, they can if they need to, and they can play coverage if they need to. So they've shown a lot of things on film for Penn State to digest and to try and, and anticipate. A year ago, they had those two NFL players at defensive end. Obviously, yeah. they're not there anymore. So what is it that you look for from their defense this year? Again, a year ago, it was easy. We're looking yeah. for those defensive ends. What are we looking at this year? Uh, to me, it starts with the secondary, just because it has a personality. They're a very good secondary. The corners and the safeties are good. Um, I don't think they're as good as Penn State, but again, the strength of the defense is in the the coverage unit where they can do a lot of these things and they can run a lot of different coverages. And uh, five and twenty-two, and I apologize, I don't know all their names because I'm watching and I'm just looking at the numbers. the The outside corners are good. If Penn State had a Jahan Dotson, he'd get open. But the guys that they're going to go up against in Tinsley and Washington and, and Harrison Wallace, they can go toe to toe with those guys, and that'll be an even battle. I'm excited to watch that because that's going to determine a lot of the game. The safeties, a lot of zone coverage, um, but they're they're effective when when they're doing those things. So the coverage unit is good. They're weak in the slot. Sounds a lot like Penn State right now. And then, of course, you've got uh, one lead pass rusher and a couple guys that are good uh, to support him. But it is not the overwhelming unit that it was before. It's not Ojabo and Hutchinson. Um, it's uh, 90, uh, Mike uh, what's his last uh, anyway number 90 the the pass rusher he's the main guy and then 18 and 32 are two guys that have talent that are very talented but are still learning to be more effective down in and down out as pass rushers so just like Penn State they've got Chop Robinson Adisa Isaac is working back from injury and they got a couple young guys that are playing well but need to take that next step to be consistent threats of defeating blocks and not just winning the odd occasional play so similarities across the board, and the defensive tackles are good. They're bigger and they're stronger, but they're good. So they're similar but different there. Back on the offensive side of the ball, you alluded to J.J. McCarthy with his completion percentage, 78%. Yep. Seems like they're doing a lot of safe passes, and he's throwing for less than 200 yards per game. So there's a balanced attack. The running back is Blake Corum, averages about six yards per carry and 122 yep. yards per game. So you know he's getting the ball a lot. Tell me about Blake Corum, style of runner, what Penn State's looking at with him. So let me give you this stat because I found this to be the most telling stat. And again, when I say the Michigan offensive line is a good line, but they're not anything that Penn State should be intimidated by, this is what I'm using to back it up other than what I've seen on film. That 77 isn't good. 55 is good. And uh, the right guard is, is, is a go he's okay. He's a right guard. Um, Blake Corum in the last three games against Big Ten opponents rushed for 19 yards, 65 yards, and 31 yards between the tackles. So Indiana shut down the interior running game. Indiana shut down the interior running game. and you, We never give enough respect to the Indiana defense and to Tom Allen because they're perennially okay as a team. You know, they're usually overmatched physically. 
but that team found a way to shut down the interior running game for Maryland. Penn State's more uh, for for uh, Michigan. Penn State's more talented defensively than those other teams, and they're schematically more aggressive. Blake Corum, when running for the outside, you know, outside the tackles, either bounced or uh, cutbacks or whatever, design plays where he's getting outside of the tackles in the last three games, 179 yards, 58 yards, 90 yards. He's a little bit more consistent version of Nick Singleton, and when he gets to the outside, it's bye-bye. It, he's gone. So Penn State keeping him contained, bottled up in that tackle box, is the main thing. It is the thing in this game. Nothing else matters. If J.J. McCarthy beats you, then you found out Michigan has a real quarterback, and he's, he's going to be tested in this game. Blake Corm cannot beat you. And not to sound like a defensive coordinator with a chaw in my mouth and, and yelling at people, but, like, you got to stop the run in this game because it is the engine that makes everything else go, and it creates a lot of opportunities in the passing game with play action and over-pursuit. So don't open up any of those avenues by just shutting down the run game. So this isn't your traditional Michigan three yards in a cloud of dust type of offense. If the running back's going to beat you, he's, he's beating you wide. Um, all right, T. Frank, we're going to have to get to that point. You got to make your prediction, and you got to give us a bold prediction for the game. Okay. So my bold prediction for the game will start there is that James Franklin wins in Ann Arbor and that Penn State pulls the upset here. Uh, I think they have a slight advantage in terms of overall talent. In Tig Brown, Joey Porter Jr., Chop Robinson, Penn State, I think, has more star-level talent on the defensive side of the ball than Michigan does, who has a lot of really good players, and it always sounds like you're undercutting another player, right? Offensively, they have the advantage. The quarterback is better. The running back is more mature. If you were to roll up all the skills that Penn State has in their running back room, they would be a better overall player than Blake Corum, but Corum, as an individual, is more consistent and gives you more per play than the freshmen are as of now. Nick Singleton, Nick Singleton can change that in an instant, and he can be that guy. And Catron Allen is going to be the guy that's very good the entire time. My, I guess my prediction and my bold prediction are the same thing, that Penn State's going to win this game. Uh, and it's a pick em. Like, these two teams are mirror images of each other. Like I've said the whole time, they have similar flaws, they have similar abilities, and I'll say that it's it's 31-28, Penn State wins by a field goal. And I don't think it's a last-second field goal. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and, uh, you know, we get there through attrition. Very good. You I already want to change my numbers. I want it to be 28-25 uh, or something like that. Okay, well, you go with 28-25 then as your official pick? Yes, too many points at 31. All right, very good, T. Frank. That's it for the show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000.